Hello everyone, this is Hannah, your host, and you are listening to the Success is Routine podcast. Our show is on a mission to talk to leaders in life and business that have achieved success and to learn what their routine is. If you are ready to create your routine to success, you're in the right place. Now, let's get started. Hello everyone, welcome to the Success is Routine podcast. I am super excited to have Bob Brady. He is the co-founder and CEO of Hazard Hub before they were bought in 2021 and they were acquired by Guidewire. And so now, Bob, you're the vice president of Hazard Hub with the acquisition. So welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to learn from you. I know we had our pre-call and, you know, we just kept talking. So I have no (laughs) fears that we will have a lot to say and a lot to share with any everyone. But before we get started into your routine and that success that you've had, share with us a little bit about you. I am the youngest of six children, so I know how to eat quickly. People are always amazed at how fast I eat because they have five brothers and sisters, and they all are hungrier than me. Born and raised in Boston, and I went to Cornell University. I moved to California about 25 years ago. Hazard Hub was my second startup, and the first one did pretty well for a while, but the second one did much better. You know, got a couple kids, uh, three kids, and beautiful wife, beautiful home, living the dream. All right, awesome, yeah. Um, and your palindrome, just like I am. So Bob yeah. and palindrome, that's my grandma's boyfriend growing up, was named Bob, and so that's what you tell me all the time. It's how we are both palindromes. <laughs> so, there you go. And Bob. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a shame how the name has kind of faded out in terms of popularity but it'll make a comeback in 30, 40 years. Yeah, it'll, everything makes a comeback. You'll be back. Don't worry. Your grandchildren or your grandchildren will be named after you. I know we're going to be talking about routine and it's kind of the success that it's led for, but share with us, like, growing up, did you have routine in your life? Was it something that was, you know, around you? Well, when I was a kid, it was very chaotic. There were eight of us in a three-bedroom apartment with family constantly coming in and going out extended family as well. So my sanctuary was school. Study, I'd go to school. I mean, I still played sports. I had kind of fun and all that stuff. But school was what gave me some level of of routine. You know, mm-hmm. get up, go to school, do your work, come home, finish your work, you know, do your chores. It sounds like you like school, which is very untypical <laughs> for most people <laughs> creating that routine. Well, I think that people gravitate towards things that they're good at. Mm -hmm. And I was a tiny little kid with a big giant head. Luckily, school was the way that I got rewarded. You know, my brothers and sisters were good at different things. I was great at school. Mm -hmm. So when you get rewarded for things, you tend to gravitate towards them. Or if if you have things that make you feel real good, then you gravitate towards those. So yeah, for me, it was school. That was how I sort of got my reward set. And then you went to college and you still have that routine. So what was that routine shift then whenever you go from a school academic sense to this freedom and business sense where you're kind of on your own? Well, it was it was interesting going to college because I lost my routine. My MO when I was a kid was just keep yourself really busy. So not only school, but athletics and just being outside all the time. I was constantly busy. And when I went to college, I lost some of that and struggled my first year in school. Finally, filled my calendar up again, kept myself very busy. Everything took care of itself, you know, and and ended up doing pretty well. But it was a a loss of routine. And then when you graduate, back when I was graduating college, it was a little bit different than it is 
now where you go into, I worked at a call center, my first job, big giant call center equipment investments in Boston. And so you have the routine forced upon you a little bit. And yeah, you have a lot of freedom. And that's where, you know, some of the lessons that I've learned and some of the habits I've, I've, I've gotten into now, I sure wish I did them before because it would have helped more than it hurt. I don't regret anything I've done in my life. The value of the gray hair is sort of figuring things out. You know, you don't necessarily have time to use it the same way. But yeah, I didn't have that great routine in my in my twenties. It was to me the the emphasis switched from from school to work. And I had to work really hard in school. I wasn't the most gifted of students in college. In high school, it was a piece of cake, but in college, I had to really work at getting passable grades. So I figured when I was in working, it was like nobody's going to outwork me. So I just threw myself into work and I would work as much as I possibly could. You know, I'd have two or three jobs just to fill up, again, fill up the calendar. And I filled it up with work and, you know, I have a real strong work ethic. And, and it was just a way to keep out of trouble as much as anything else. You know, if, you're, if, you're, if your hands are busy doing something good, then they then it's not as much time to do something bad. That's very interesting just hearing like the routine kind of was harder to stick to whenever I don't know you weren't as busy. So how did okay. you make that shift then? Because, you know, I can't imagine you're working 24-7 now. I hope not. <laughs> I hope you're taking the breath <laughs> and enjoying life. Well, so how did you make that switch in your routine to keep it even if your schedule wasn't jam-packed? Well, you know, life is a lot like high school or college, where when you're a freshman, you're kind of overwhelmed by everything. But by the time you're a senior, you start to figure out some of the shortcuts where you get the effect without necessarily all of the work. And it's the same thing with that. You know, my brain never shuts off. It's very aggravating for my wife's family, but it's always going, always churning. I let it, you know, some of the busyness is just listening to myself, you know, so rather than occupying my time with something else, I just let my my brain go and listen to it. You know, what am I processing through? What am I thinking about? So that time that I would spend doing something else, I spend a little more introspectively in thinking about what I think about because it turns out I think about pretty good things, things that have resulted in a fairly, fairly good life. My husband probably feels the same way that I'm always, there's always an idea moving. And it's funny because we were coming, I was like, I'm pretty good at creating ideas, maybe over creating yeah. ideas. I understand completely. <laughs> well, you know, it was, it was interesting when I was younger, I would think of ideas all the time. And then I'm like, ah, I can't, I can't actually execute them. I can't do that. I can't do this. I can't do that because I was raised in a culture where you don't get too big for your britches. And so finally, I didn't choose to start having a, as much as it was forced upon me. Um, I was, it was a sideline business with a couple of friends of mine, and I got fired from my job. Like, uh oh, got to make it work now. And luckily, as getting fired was the best thing that ever happened to me. It didn't seem like it at the time, but. It was one of the best things that ever happened to me. And it's because, you know, I trusted myself in a way that I wouldn't when I was younger. I think young people in general are so concerned with what everybody else thinks mm -hmm. that when you finally get to the point in your life where you say, what everybody else thinks is their problem, not mine. It's such a, it's, it's like the lid gets lifted on freedom. Because as long as you're not trying to do bad things or create harm for people, then trust yourself. It's, if you think you're a good person and you, and you do good things, then who cares what anybody else thinks? That's their problem. That's your own issues. And so that little last switch was the thing that brought me, I think, the most amount of, of freedom and success was because I finally learned to trust myself. I finally chose to trust myself. I didn't learn it. I just chose it. No, and that's very hard to do, to learn to just trust yourself, especially when we are so surrounded by so many external voices and opinions yeah. and things like that. So let's talk about your routine then. How did you build this routine sure. to 
you know, success, but also to learn to trust yourself. So what does that routine look like? Trial and error. You know, life is just a big experiment. You, know, you try things, if they work, great. And if they don't, hopefully don't kill yourself or, or you know, run off a cliff or anything like that. But just trial and error. Like I used to be a tremendous night owl when I was a kid. And I was a musician when I was younger. I played bars till one or two o'clock in the morning. And what I finally figured out is that that's not good for me. You know? So my number one piece of my routine is to wake up early. When the sun comes up, I'm up. That's how it works. And, you know, maybe I'll cheat for half an hour, but get up early. You get to time. sleep in in the winter then? <laughs> a little more in the winter. Yeah. It's get up, you know, it's lying in bed till 11, 12 o'clock, which a lot of young people like to do. They're, you know, they're not really mature yet, but as an adult, get up. And there's a couple of reasons for that. The first for me is I really like to have time for myself where I don't need to be responsible for anybody but myself in that first maybe 30, 45 minutes of the day. And if you have little kids or if you have responsibilities, then, you know, that starts at a certain time and you got to get up before that and be ready for it. Just to have some time to read the paper, play a game or read a book or whatever you want to do. Just time for you. So number one, get up early. And now I'm at the point where if I don't get up early, I've like, I'm like, I've wasted the day. It really ticks me off. And every once in a while, listen, you travel a little lot, you need to sleep, whatever. But more than once every blue moon, wasted time for me. So the How first thing I do is like, this. what's that? From being a night owl to being a morning person. You know, my kids joke with me where I say nothing good happens after 10 o'clock at night. And Every year it gets like an hour less. So now it's like nothing good happens after seven at night. And you know, when you're younger, you're out partying and all that stuff and you're having a good time. But most of the stuff that happens after say midnight is the stuff that really gets you in trouble. My stepbrother is a cop. He said only people out after midnight are drunks, thieves, and uh, garbage men. And I'm like, okay, not gonna, <laughs> I'm, gonna take, I'm gonna take your advice. It was a gradual thing. You know, I went through, I had a hell of a time in my 20s. Oh my gosh, I went to Manhattan. Oh, it was fun. But it also got to the point where it's like, I got to grow up a little bit. And you were the trouble out at midnight. Yeah, I was the trouble out at midnight. Without <laughs> okay. a so when I got, I eventually got married and, you know, that changes things. Then I had kids and that really changes things. Mm -hmm. So it was more of a, you know, having more responsibilities as a parent that got me into the early morning routine because... You can't stick there bleeding. You got little kids because they're up early. But alert, get up early. Yeah. But the, the next most important thing, and it sounds really stupid, I find it very helpful, is to make your bed. It's like, okay. get up early and make your bed. At least you've accomplished something during the day. And now, if I if I don't, I get I, I get agita if I don't. If I walk into the room for some reason and, and the bed's not made at 10 o'clock in the morning, I'm like, this is stupid. I make it right away. It's like, and, I, and there's there's some like general as this YouTube thing of like make your bed, blah blah blah. But it's true. It's like at least you've accomplished something for that day. Number one, you woke up, which is when you're younger you don't really think about that. But when you get older, like you gotta be thankful that you woke up, because uh, the alternative is really very unpleasant. Number two, make your bed. At least you've accomplished something to start that day, and it gets you started on a cycle of accomplishment. Those mm -hmm. are. The first two things I do every day. That's part of my routine. Yeah, and I think even in even in hotels, terrible. Yeah. Oh wow, yeah, I don't make my bed in a hotel. But <laughs> making a bed, it also it's like 
a long-term effect in a way too because then when you go to bed at night your bed is made you're going into a place that's already created like it's neat yep. it's nice versus you know being tired ready for bed and then having to make your bed just to get into the bed making your bed first thing in the morning i feel like there's so many more benefits than we realize than just making the bed because it is that long-term effect i think if you did those two things if you get up early and make your bed when you get up you'll see changes in your life that you never really anticipated um i don't know i can't i can't quantify it i just know it works for me yeah and then i know on our pre-call we talked a lot about focus so talk to me yep. how focus comes into your routine excuse me for all the noise in the background i, hope it's I don't actually bad. hear it so you're good okay okay yeah. good <laughs> Don't yell at the dogs. They're fine. You know, people can have very busy minds. Like your mind can go in a million directions. Like, and I, and I like to use the Kardashians. I don't know which one is which. I can't. I don't know who's doing what. I can't focus on any of that stuff because that doesn't benefit me. If I thought that, like, if I were in the industry and I needed to focus on that, then that's what you want to focus on. Like, you have a choice where there's a there's a cup of your thoughts. It's not infinite. It's a certain amount of thoughts. So if you're wasting it on stuff that doesn't matter or stuff that you can't control, then it's just wasted thought. And it's fun, yada, yada, but it's wasted thought. Mm -hmm. And so I focus on the things that I can control. I can't control other people's emotions. I can't control whether you're in a good mood or a bad mood when we get on this call. Now I can impact it. I can control it now or I can have an impact on it now. I can't even control it now. It's like people are so worried about things they can't control when they don't even know what they're having for lunch tomorrow, that it's like focus on what you can control. So take what you can control and focus on that, impact that. And mm -hmm. that's when, that's that's my filtration system. It's like, okay, here's an issue. Can I control it? Yes or no. And if the answer is no, I let it go. Or I keep an eye on it, maybe I let it go. And if it's yes, then I take action. And so that focused thought and that, and that idea of here's where I want to go. For example, like if you want to go to the beach and it's a straight road, 10 miles straight to the beach from your house, someone's like, let's go to the mountain, you know, let's do this, let's go. They say, no, 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 I want to go to the beach. Go to the beach. And it's the same thing mentally where depending upon what you want to accomplish, focus on it, think about it, figure out how you can impact it and make that a habit. It's like, like there's guitars in the background here. I can't play guitar. I'm a drummer. I can't play guitars, but I like them. So I keep so I keep them around. And as much as I want to play them, I can't focus on it enough. I don't like to focus on it enough to be good at it. So I just need them there for show. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing with so many things in your life. It's like, can you control it or not? You can't ditch it. And B, if you can, focus on it. And if you like focusing on it, then you'll get better at it and you'll do more of it. But if you don't like focusing on it, then pitch that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's a, a lot of things there, just like focusing on what you can control and looking at that and then focusing on the things that you actually enjoy doing. So it's kind of those yep. two pieces of it. And oh, yeah. I think like, so you probably read the book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Yep. And that's a big part of that is like focusing on what you can control. And that was the first book in self-development I read and super impactful. Mm -hmm. I probably talked about it a million times on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. I have two yeah. copies over there. So, Had you read the book Breakfast with Seneca? No, I haven't read that one. It is a wonderful book. You know, focusing on what you 
control is very stoic philosophy. Mm-hmm. And stoics aren't dour. Stoics have emotions. It's just you don't focus on what you can't control. It's out of your control. And it's a wonderful book. It takes a while to get through it. And and even at my age, I read that book a couple of years ago, and I'm like, holy cow, this is really some heavy-duty stuff. And a wonderful, wonderful book, especially for younger people who might be struggling with you know, their place in the world or what they want to do next. It's like, it. I would highly recommend that everyone read that book. It's highly digestible, but it's a very, very powerful book. And the whole stoic line of thinking is more in tune with, with, with my line of thinking. And that's hard though, because you have your parents and you have your friends and you have this person, you have that person, you have your spouse, all telling you how you should live your life. But the fact of the matter is, is that the only person in your skin is you. You're the one who has to deal with all that stuff. So why listen? Like, take every, you can take advice from people, but you don't have to actually do what they say. You got to do what you think is best for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's super powerful. Like, I did one quick episode just talking about how, you know, everything we're talking about in these episodes is for you to take with a grain of salt and choose the pieces that work for you. But, yeah. you know, Anything I'm saying or you're saying, you know, it's what works for us, but it does not mean it's going to work for the other person on the side listening. What they need to do is find those things that listen. Um, I will say listening to the control part, I think will work for everyone because (laughs) like there's always so much we can control. So I would um, advise that one, but people sometimes define themselves by, you know, how much advice they dispense to mm-hmm. other people and it's like okay you know it's like i tell people all the time it's like i i can't tell you what's right or what's wrong i can tell you what i've done i can tell you what's worked for me or hasn't worked for me but you have to filter that yourself and find what lives in you and then do those things that live in you and that's a tough and then and then but then you have the freedom to do those things you don't have to worry about everybody else's thinking and it's a it's a tough thing and, and you know part of it's aging you just get to the point in your life where it's like, I've tried to live that life where I'm concerned about everybody else and it does me no good. Mm-hmm. So why am I concerned about it? So stop being concerned about it and focus on the things that mean something to you. Like I have a very basic set of tenets. It's like I have three tenets. It's like good husband, good father, good person. Those are my three. And if I'm living within those tenets, I feel really good. And if I'm living outside of those tenets, then I'm like, ah, why am I doing that? So like, no, you get into traffic and you get, road rage or something it's like you're not being a good person if you do that like just back up back up live your tent that's the that's part of the focus is have a framework to help you focus so those are my three and every thought i have goes through those three and if it doesn't meet with those three then i don't want to do it because it's outside of what i consider to be important to me and a lot of times when you have a lot of trouble focusing you got to decide these are my tenets these are the things these are to, to, to quote the Bible, not that I'm religious, but these are the rocks upon which you build this church. Like, mm-hmm. what are your rocks? And those are my three. And and I I think it's a really good thing to think about. And that's why morning time is so important. Sometimes you just got to process through this stuff. It doesn't come overnight. You got to grind it, grind it and grind it and grind it and figure these are the things that are important and live that life. No, that's really powerful that you were able to narrow it down to these three things that you want to be a part of your life. 
it's really interesting. So we just had our intern who got hired on as a permanent employee today. And he goes, what do you expect of me? And I said, our core values values are culture and quality. I expect those two things from you. And that is it. Keep fitting into our culture and keep producing quality content for all of our clients. I like, I didn't think of it in that way when we said it, it's just, that's who we are. <laughs> but to yeah. help narrow down, like these are the things that matter. And as long as you're falling into these, and if you can do that on a self level, that's a really powerful. Our employee handbook, if you will, has a three page, had three things in it. Number one is don't be a jerk. Number two is do the right thing. And then number three was when in doubt, go back to numbers one and two. It's like, it's very simple. Now, when you get bigger and you get more rough relationships, you have to have more guidelines, whatever. But those are the three basics. And frankly, I can't remember a lot of complex stuff. I need to, I need to break it down as simple as possible because I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm not doing Euclidean geometry here. It's like, just give me basic stuff. Give, give me bites. Give me headlines. Don't give me mm -hmm. all the details. I'm not, just give me the headlines. Yeah. So those are my three headlines. On a personal level, did you kind of go, these are the three. How did you get to that? How did you narrow it down to say, I hey, these are the things that matter most? I had um, a very personal story. I'll, I don't tell many people, but I'll tell you this because you asked. <laughs> I got divorced about 20 years ago because I was always chasing the next thing. Like I was never happy with where I was. It's like, what's next? What's next? What's next? It wasn't in the moment I was five years in the future. And it cost me my first marriage. And so, I, but I worked in the music business. I lived in Beverly Hills. It was, it was very exciting and all that stuff. And then one day, and I had two little kids. One day I was in the pool and my son wanted, my, my, I was at the pool and my son is like, let's go to the pool, dad. Let's go to the pool, dad. I'm like, yeah, go in the pool. And then he comes running off the edge and jumps into the water with this look of joy on his face and I was and it just dawned on me it's like my priorities are all screwed up my priorities are wrong I am so focused on the future that I'm not enjoying today I'm not focused on the things that matter and I wasn't focused on that and it cost me the first time that became really I was always trying to be a good person that was always there the good husband and good father part didn't come right away yeah I figured if I just accomplish enough stuff then everything will fall into the line. That's not how it works. Yes, there's no such thing as quality time. It's just time. You gotta spend time with people and the quality emerges. But if you don't put in the time, it's hard for the quality to come out. So that was the moment where I was like, oh shit, my life trajectory is wrong. And I made a conscious choice. I was, I was gosh, this was 20, almost 20 years ago. 18 years ago, made a conscious choice. I'm shifting my boulders. I'm putting new ones in place. Mm -hmm. And rather than being well-known or being famous or being anything, I'm just going to focus on these three things. Found is that when I focused on those three things, all the rest of the stuff just came. Was the weird. As soon as you let go of all these trappings, then the trappings sort of are like, hey, we need some place to go. Let's go see Bob. It's bizarre. Just focus on the things quotes that matter the most and everything else kind of does take care of itself. Well, thanks for sharing that story. And, you know, it comes down to back to focus. You focus on your son in that moment and realize that that was something that you needed to be a part of you and make sure yeah. that you were paying attention to that. And I think, you know, especially with kids, we learn so much from them being around us, having them, all the things, because reading one book and it even talked about like in that moment, he wanted to jump in the pool and he could have gotten mad that he splashed when he jumped in and got you all wet. Or you could yep. go from his perspective of he was having so much fun in that moment that he just wanted to jump in. We get to take it and we get to control the narrative and how we respond to it. And so I think it's amazing that you were said, hey, I need to be in this moment with him. I shifted your 
mindset. It was, I, I, I'll remember that day forever, mm-hmm. like clear as a bell. And I wish that I didn't have to go through it, but I'm glad that I did because it made me a better person. And whenever people get divorced, I'm like, is there a three-year-old involved? Because three-year-old, I talk about it. It's like, just be, be present, be focused. Good husband is number one because I didn't choose my children. You know, I chose to have them, but who they are, they, they just sort of came in. Mm-hmm. Chose my wife. Right. So when I got married the second time, always number one, I focus on my relationship first and my kids second. The kids don't drive the relationship. Now, I love them. I'll do anything for them. But mm-hmm. the number one person is my spouse. And the, the kids, listen, the kids are part of you. That's <laughs> just, they just are. But you, you didn't make a choice to have them. You made a choice to have your spouse mm-hmm. and respect that choice and honor that choice and live up to that choice every single day, then you'll do pretty good. I feel like we um, are very similar in our thoughts about it because I have a friend <laughs> recently. So my husband, I'm he's my first husband. I'm his second wife too. And he has a daughter. And we, before we got married, we both agreed that we would always come first in each other's lives yeah. because she wouldn't be able to see a healthy relationship with for one and Two, we were, once she turns 18, she can do whatever she wants. She might not be here. Yep. She might go off and explore the world, which I hope she does. But yep. we need to always be each other's number one so that she could yep. see what a healthy relationship was. We were always focused on each other and we chose each other this whole time. So I'm like, we're very similar. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, here's yeah. another thing. Speaking of habits, somebody gave me this advice one time and it's stuck. Is always treat your significant other like you were you were still dating them and it's like if you wouldn't say that someone early in your relationship then why would you say it now or say it in that particular way like you can express yourself pretty clearly without being insulting or getting angry but would you do that if you were three months in with somebody it's like no you wouldn't you'd be trying to impress them it's like don't do that it's a it's like it's a it's a self-destruct anger at your significant other whether it's a spouse or whatever, whatever it happens to be, anger at that person is a self-destruct button. And you can push it if you want to, but you can't be surprised when things blow up. And usually it's because you're so concerned with things you can't control that all that anger comes through and wipes out the person who should cherish you the most. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a wish I hadn't learned that lesson, but I'm glad that I did. Yeah. It's a it's, okay. it's a tough one. Right, well, we're going to have to do a spinoff episode after this about marriage and relationships. <laughs> <laughs> because they're so important to everything we do. Uh, but let's talk about the success and how your routine has had that success in your life. The success came from sort of all these pieces clicking together. And there's one more thing that I do. Like, I know what I like to do and I know what I really don't like to do. And so in business, I found somebody who liked to do the things that I didn't like to do. He loves to do them. And so together, one-on-one is is like 50 because I'm really good at this stuff. He's really good at that stuff. There's an overlap where we're both good at stuff. That made it so much easier on both of us because the stuff that I like to do, he didn't have to do. And the stuff that I hated to do, he liked to do it. So it worked out really, really well. All of this is just relationship management. Yeah. It's like if 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 you're the person you're with doesn't like doing something or isn't really good at it, don't just tell them to get better at it. Just figure out what they're good at and have them do more of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's how we decided to run the business. And so when you take that and you focus and you work really hard and you get up early and you make your bed, then success isn't guaranteed, but you give yourself like a, a fifty yard head start in a hundred yard race. 
no why not take it definitely it's just you're setting yourself up for that yeah. that can be created yeah listen you can set yourself up all you want sometimes to still fail and that hurts and it stinks and people who are afraid of that hurt and guess what nothing you can do to prevent it it's like just get out there and if you have a bad idea and for example if i was going to enter if my goal was to enter the nba dunk contest i'm going to tell you right now as hard as i work and as early as i wake up so make sure you focus on a thing that is theoretically achievable and then work really hard at it. There's no substitute for hard work. But the thing is, is that when you're doing something that you enjoy and you're not stuck with all the stuff you don't like, it's not really that hard work. You know, we, especially once we got to the point where we could pay everybody and not have to worry about making payroll, it was fun. Yeah. It was, it was, it was a hoot. We had a great time. I worked constantly. But I never really thought about it as work. I thought of it more as fun. Really, like all those pieces of it, you know, you can focus as much, but if you're focusing to be the next Mike Phillips, probably isn't going to happen if you've never swam a day in your life. Whereas you can yeah. go focus on something that is achievable to create yeah. that success. So, you know, the the other thing is like people say, do what you love and you never work a day in your life. It's like, I want to punch that person in the face. <laughs> no, I, actually, I, I don't. Be a good person. I want to the- <laughs> Exactly. See, yeah, see, it's outside of my tenant number three. I was like, no, that's it. immediately. And I went back. I'm like, no, I really don't. I, I want to tell that person that's not necessarily advice that I would give to somebody. I would say for what you're doing, find something to love about it. Then it's not so bad because listen, you, I loved being in the music business. I was a musician growing up. I was in the music business. I loved it. And then I got fired from that job and it broke my freaking heart. And so I decided I'm never doing that again. So now I, you know, as part of Hazard Hub, we collect where fire hydrants are located and it's fun. We collect them all over the, all over the country, all over the world. I don't care about it so much that it's a piece of me. It's become a piece of me. It wasn't an intrinsic part of me. Rather than focusing on things you love, because you may love, you know, playing video games, but if you can't make money at it, then you know, you're going to have to struggle. Find something you love about what you do. And if you can't find anything that you love, then do something else. You got choices. You have choices. Take them. Definitely. Well, I want to make sure I respect your time. So I have two questions for you before I let you go. Uh, One is, what book would you really recommend? I know you'd recommended one, and I don't know if that's the one. But what's that one book that, you know, if somebody is on this journey of self-discovery, creating their routine, learning how to focus, what's that book you'd recommend they read? That would be it. It, it, I actually give that book to a lot of people. It's called Breakfast with Seneca. I, and I, I I think I'm just out. Of, I didn't look, you know, like bookshelf here to see if I have it. Um, and, um, oh, here it is. Like this. Breakfast with Seneca, a stoic guide to the art of living. It is not that thick. So if you have to be with short attention spans, you can break it down into pieces. It is by far the best book I've ever read. All right. And I have it over here, so I'll definitely check it out. Uh, the next question is, if somebody's listening to this that doesn't have any routine in their life and they're trying to find that focus, you know, what is that one thing they need to start doing tomorrow to start making those steps towards creating that routine to help them? Get up early and make your bed. It sounds stupid, but it, it's it's true. Those are the two things I would recommend. Attack the day. Seize the day. And yeah, you're, and, and then, and I can't, I can't do just one thing. It's too complicated. 
get up early, make your bed, and think about your tenants. Think about mm-hmm. the building blocks for your life. What do you want those building blocks to be? And really think about it. Really think hard about it. Is it not just something that somebody else thinks you should have? Something that rather than you and go do it. it. You know, one of the things that that we didn't that we didn't talk about, but I wrote down and I want to get to it. When you have stuff to do, just do it. My wife asked me to take out the trash. I don't say I'm going to do it in a couple of hours. I get up and I go do it. Mm-hmm. And the reason is because I don't want to have to remember it. I want to have to think about it. I try not to lie because I can't remember my lies. Like get rid of all the get rid of all the nonsense that's occupying your brain. By getting stuff done. Plus, it gives you a sense of accomplishment. The house is in a mess. You know, clear that. You know, something's bugging you, handle it right away. Just do it. Like thank you, said. Just do it. Stop making excuses. So, yeah, okay. You know what? <laughs> I take it all back. The one thing I would do, well, of course, I'd still wake up early and make my bed. But I'd stop making excuses. Man. You are in this situation because of choices that you've made. They could be good. They could be bad. Don't blame anybody else. Take responsibility for yourself. And choose to be responsible for your own actions. Stop laying the blame on everybody else. Those are the three, that, that three things. It might be like six, things. four or five. <laughs> I think that four or five, six. Wake up early, make your bed, stop blaming everybody else. Those are the three things I would do. And and what you'll find is, you know, listen, you might not go to Mars, but you might go to the Mars of your existence. And, yeah, and Mars is a wonderful thing. You know, everything you said, they're actionable things. It's not some crazy thing that they have to do even even if you just start with just making your bed <laughs> if you're like yeah. I mean, like i don't know if i can get up really i don't just start making that bed like if you really had to narrow it down to one thing do the one is listen mental health is your real thing and it's easy to fall into what i'll call the gray or the pit and i think we've all been there at one point or another much what i've come to recognize is that storms pass but storms pass better if you swim away from the storm so do something every day to give you some level of accomplishment and the storms don't come frequently awesome well bob thank you so much for joining us and sharing with us your routine and these just different tips and ways to look at it to be able to create a routine that will create success in you know whatever way you look at success just on a personal level well thank you hannah my pal adromic pal I am happy. I am happy to listen. I wish somebody had told me stuff like this. I probably wouldn't have believed them, but it's true. Worked for me. Listen, my grandparents are Syrian immigrants. It's like, hey, you know, it's possible. Everything is possible. Yep, everything's possible. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here. Take care, Heather. Thank you for listening to Success Is Routine podcast. If you found value in this episode, share it with a friend. Episodes go live weekly on Sunday at 8 a.m. Start your week with the right routine. Like, follow, and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you're listening. Join the Success Is Routine movement and get exclusive downloads and content from the guests. Go to www.successisroutine.com and follow the conversation there or on social media. Until next time, remember. Finally get to the point in your life where you say, what everybody else thinks is their problem. It's such a, it's, it's like the lid gets lifted on freedom. Because as long as you're not trying to do bad things or create harm for people, then trust yourself. It's, if you think you're a good person and you, and you do good things, then who cares what anybody else thinks? That's their problem. That's your own issue. Like you have a choice where there's a, there's a cup of your thought. It's not infinite. 
is a certain amount of thought. But if you're wasting it on stuff that doesn't matter or stuff that you can't control, then it's just wasted thought. It's like people are so worried about things they can't control when they don't even know what they're having for lunch tomorrow that it's like focus on what you can control. So take what you can control and focus on that, impact that.